Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. WFNZ is becoming a reality talk show station. T-sippers. We T-sippers up in here. We are all about the gossip. I cannot escape love is blind analysis. Whether it's Kyle Bailey walking into the fishbowl saying I'm all caught up and we know exactly what he's talking about because we all shared our (laughs) enthusiasm about love is blind being Charlotte based and then we went to analyze ourselves every single episode that we have watched so far of Love is Blind 6. Wes, I walk into the studio. I see on the text line, Wolfpack James, Talk Sports. People already writing in, y'all really put me on this reality show stuff. Delvis the Rock writing that in. And Colin's first words to me are, have you been watching Love is Blind 6? (laughs) (laughs) I can't escape it. And my answer, an enthusiastic yes. I've been watching it. Yes. We've all been watching it. The only people that aren't, at least the only person that I know of so far. Is J.D. Marlowe. My immediate circle is J.D. slash Fiddy Marlowe, <laughs> having not watched it yet. But everyone is talking about it, and we're all so about it. Yeah, man. I mean, at first it starts out, for one, it's already Queen City based, so that's the intrigue there. I watched the first, uh, I watched the first group go through Love is Blind, the first two groups, I want to say. And so when I saw uh, that it was Queen City, I said, well, let me jump back in because I had jumped off the wagon for a while. But I'm always here for a good reality show, a good dating show. I mean, listen, man, you can't watch sports all the time. You got to do something to get your mind off of stuff and watch somebody else's life be jacked up. Uh, so, so we've had this conversation before, like n- not necessarily guilty pleasure show, even though I think that's how we framed it about a year ago when we asked this to the text line, but just a show that you might even be a tiny bit embarrassed to reveal that you watch, which I know we're not, but maybe something that would fit that kind of would go in that neighborhood, if you will, because I heard Kyle at the beginning of his show. He told us, look, I'm leading off with it. (laughs) I'm a little bit not frustrated, but he said he was vulnerable revealing that on air because Kyle, not a reality TV show watcher. Yeah, you and I are like we've gotten into it. Our girlfriends have sucked us in and we watch reality TV shows. And so now with Kyle, I know Kyle is now finally he's made that jump and he's all about it. We're all about it here. Every single one of us who has seen it. And now the fact that it is based in the Queen City. So we have a little we feel like we have this familiarity. I got people on the text line writing in right now saying, hey, I know such and such. I know cousin, sister's brother that dated. Yeah, so-and-so. That, that's what I was interested to see, Me, too. Yep, the, yep. the connections also too. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh. I've been with my girl for a couple of years now, but I was looking through. I said, I wonder if anybody I ever went on a date with or saw on a site <laughs> is going to be on this show, too. I said, I wonder if that's going to be the case. But, man, hell, it wasn't even my girlfriend. I've been on reality shows since uh, Simple Life, Blind Day, Third, uh, was it, Fifth Wheel. Uh, oh, you're going, you're I going mean, back. Yeah, man. I mean, I still look at them every now and again on those channels you get that come with your TV, Roku channel, man. I watch like four or five episodes of Blind Date, Cheaters. Yep. 
I'm I'm oh, here well, for the cheaters. nonsense. I think a lot I'm of people here for the nonsense. I think a lot of people are here for cheaters. <laughs> cheaters is one. It's always funny to see people continue to talk about that or clips yeah. resurface on social media. Yeah, man. Excellent old the clips ones of with cheaters. Joey Greco were the best, and then you had my boy Clark Gable. God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. uh, those with him, and then the ones after that weren't quite as good. And then the new ones with Peter Panky. I don't like those, but. The old ones with Joey Greco. Yeah, it's Peter Guns. Corey Guns' dad. Okay. He goes by Peter okay. Panky on the show. That is amazing. Yeah, so he does it. But um, the You old didn't laugh at that, Fiddy? I can't say a phrase, but you don't laugh at Peter Panky? Yeah. I imagine that would be right up your alley to I'm laugh about. I'm not 12. You're, oh, you're 10. Stop it. You're 10. 12 is a little yeah. too old for yeah, What man. is funny about Peter Panky? Like, sucked right in? Yeah, I'm going to laugh at that. But Peter Panky? Yeah, I thought you would have laughed at that fit. I'm not gonna lie. Let's not act like you're above that. Look, Fitty may have. Oh, <laughs> JD would not. <laughs> I have no clue the kind of grasp. I don't have a grip on what the alter yeah, ego we don't is know. of Fitty. But you're right. We we have been on this, and now people are writing in. We got a boom. Hit us with your favorite reality we, show. Go ahead. Let's it. just get it it's cracking. Let's go. There there are so <laughs> many people that are uncomfortable with this. And Wolfpack James, you're a great listener, man. We appreciate it. Like you are always writing in on the text line, helping us out with some great thoughts. And I know you don't want this anymore because, admittedly. This station has been talking about it a decent amount, but we want to talk about it. Listen, and I we mean, if you're a guy, it it's okay. If it's got hot women on there, it's okay to watch the reality show for that reason. If that's the basis. Well, look. The I foundation. Because I, mean, I know it is for me. Well, that and that's fair. Okay, we had a promo of you <laughs> while you watched The Bachelor, and I understand all of that. Even <laughs> if it wasn't like that, it would still be wildly entertaining to me. That Maybe too. that's the foundation for other people, but it's just wildly entertaining for me. We got people writing in on the text line what they like watching. Delvis The Rock says, Flavor of Love is the greatest reality TV show of all time. That was pretty funny watching back in the day. M-Dog, Love is Blind is goaded. App State Steve writes in on the FanDuel text line 704-570-9610. I blame my wife, but I watch trash reality TV, Southern Charm, and Vanderpump <laughs> Rules. That VPR is crazy. That VPR is nuts. I see the 704 line on there uh, saying the one when Joey Greco got stabbed. He's referring to cheaters when mm. Joey Greco caught that hawk because he talked too much. You're talking about highly volatile situations with people cheating, people's hearts on the line, and then he comes in instigating and talking trash. And one day, you know, he got what he was asking for and took a couple of pokes on that boat, man. They had to take him to the hospital. I'm sorry. Somebody got stabbed over this stuff, okay? That's going to be something that draws a little and bit And it was of real. Nothing fake about it. He got that work on the camera because Greco was always sticking his nose where it didn't belong. You're going to be watching. If if that's on the table, oh. if we like violence as a society already, yeah. and then you can mix in a little love drama within it, yeah. they're going to be there. And with it being real, wow. like not scripted, not being fake, you can look at that. Yeah. People write in, I want to know some of the old nostalgia shows, too. Just the trash reality or even just trash TV shows. I'm going back to MTV in my mind. I'm going back to Next. People coming in off of the Next. Oh, yeah. There was nothing worse. I think, would you rather be stabbed or instantly Nexted? Because it's both. Yeah, instantly Nexted. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to play with me in that yeah, joke at all? Yeah, I don't need a blade. Okay, fair you know, enough. I'm good. Fair enough. I just thought maybe somebody would be insta like instantly nexted is pretty terrible. It's a, it's a terrible look. All right, you can continue to write in on the FanDuel text line. Kyle Bailey, you know if Kyle is on that now? Well, howdy there, y'all. Kyle Bailey here. 
the dude just gave me a power fist up for this stuff. Yeah. Like just said, rock on, guys. Yeah. Continue to talk about this as he was walking past. That's the how glass. we roll in the Bailey household. It, it is now. It is now. And I know you're back on Vanderpump because I am you know after Scandaval. You know I'm back. I'm back. I had to get back in there off after Scandaval, man. Uh, I'm back in there. They're living in the same house. Move on. Gotta, what are y'all doing? Got a mediator in the house. Mm. Like, yo, tell her I'm coming down to get a sandwich. For you guys that don't know, it's two people that broke up. One cheated on the other. They still live in the same house, and they have a mediator to speak to one another that they send text messages to. And then she relays the message to the other to let them know what's going on. An assistant for hire just to be the middleman of communication between those yeah, two in it. the same house. It's absolutely ridiculous. Final thing, 704 writes in, <laughs> quote, poked on the boat, crying face emojis. <laughs> that is a hell of a line. I'm also surprised Fiddy didn't laugh at that as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought a, a cackle was coming from back there. All right, uh, Mr. 10-year-old bus driver, let's pull up to the scene and open up the doors. Let's get Fiddy's takes. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Charlotte's very own, no, not Love is Blind, but Will Byron. Dubbeezy, the other Dubbeezy. Wins the Daytona 500 and now has what is an amazing race under his belt after he's victorious yesterday. The rain out, no Daytona 500 on Sunday, and then it takes place on Monday. Fiddy actually backs out of an interview that we were scheduled to do to go watch this thing. But Fiddy, I say all that to say, look. Sometimes you complain a little bit about not getting enough mic time, despite you having your own live wire segment. The floor is yours here because I was asking Wes, and he has a little bit to contribute, but you guys don't want to hear my NASCAR analysis, okay? Yeah, don't you call him Will Byron? William know? Byron, Will Byron. <laughs> I call him Dub Beasy. So I got, <laughs> I do have a funny interview story with him, by the way, what, like five years ago. It was pretty funny. So what did you make of the Daytona 500 yesterday and watching William, William Byron win the race? Well, he is a teammate of Chase Elliott's over at Hendrick Motorsports, and it was the 40th anniversary of Hendrick Motorsports being open. So to get that win was pretty special. The first the first stage was rather boring because you saw them go to, uh, you know, all these teams were conserving fuel, so they were just kind of running laps. I know that's kind of the genesis of the sport, but it was kind of boring, but you get the big one with uh, under 10 to go, um, and you get about a third of the field gone. That's what you wait for. As always, yep. You wait for that, that, that big wreck. I didn't know how Chase Elliott got through one skate, and I felt pretty good about his chances to win his first crown jewel, but it wasn't in the cards. But all in all, man, the thing about the Daytona 500, it's kind of like Duke Carolina. It always delivers, and uh, those people that hung around on Monday for the race, the, the, the place was packed. Our guy NASCAR Brad was in attendance. They got treated to a great race to kick off, which should be another fun NASCAR season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what you have in the holiday, too, so people could, you know, afford to stay and not have to call out and all that different type of stuff, depending on where they work. But, uh, yeah, man, William Byron, that's his 11th win. He won a ton of races last year, man. He's the next. He's the guy that they're, you know, appointing as the next big thing. And that's the interesting part about the competition that they'll have inside of Hendrick because we know Chase Elliott was the next big thing. He still is. But last year didn't live up quite to the hype. Now you got William Byron in there winning a ton of races, winning the Daytona 500. And when you read about this kid, man, he's made from the right stuff. When you read some of those quotes uh, and some of those articles that I saw about him, and they talked about how he always has a chip on his shoulder. And he, he you know, the Michael Jordans of the world and, and the Kobe's, you know, they always look for anything. And that's how this guy is. He was talking about how, 
Because they was like, well, what keeps the chip on your shoulder? And he was like, it could be anything. He was like, it could be the fact that they don't talk about Hendrick enough, the fact that we hadn't won the most races. He said, I, I, I look for anything to give me a chip. And I was like, ooh. I said, that sounds like a dog in that race car right there, man. And he's showing you that out there on the track. And shout out to Bubba Wallace finishing fifth as well. My boy Kyle Busch uh, finished 12th. So that was my pick. I thought my boy was going to get his first one, but he did. I don't know a ton about NASCAR. I just know I still don't like that guy and Kyle Busch. <laughs> when I did watch NASCAR, I know I didn't like him. And I used to not like his brother at all. But then he did a little bit of a turn for me where it seemed like he started to be a cool dude. So has Kyle. Kyle's been a guy that if you've been in the sport long enough, like, I hated him growing up, too. Yeah. Like, like Denny Hamlin level of hate. Now, I don't like Kyle Busch. But, but he's gotten better is what you're saying? He's kind of, like, endearing. Like, you kind of just appreciate his greatness and what he brings to a sport that needs characters. But we've talked about this before. I'll never be able to get over that video that was filmed on top of Fahrenheit here in Uptown where he's <laughs> walking alongside a couple of his friends to Bad Boys for Life, and it is the worst video. It is the most cringeworthy <laughs> video that I've ever seen. And so even if he is considered a decent guy now, that video will long live in infamy. I did want to ask this too, though, and I can ask both of you here, but it does seem like the write-ups on this Daytona 500 video victory for William Byron. They're calling it unfair because that's what the sport brings. That's what this track brings in particularly. And they're also calling it a little fluky. In fact, the write-up here on ESPN is, make no mistake, this race produces flukes or, put more kindly, unforeseen victories. Does it feel like all the other drivers got jobbed yesterday because of just how NASCAR operates sometimes? The problem is, is that, and it's due to, to be safe, you know, to, to protect the drivers, a caution came out on the final lap because he had taken the white flag the race was over so we didn't have to race back to the start finish line but to call it unforeseen or call it fluky is wrong he had the most wins in the sport a year ago his first ever win was at Daytona in the summer race, so he's a good super speedway racer. I guess, did you just see anything specifically within this race, though? Like, clearly, Byron is a very talented driver, and we all know that, but I just didn't know if this race in particular brought some of the flukiness that some people are talking well, about. Well, I was going to say that, you know, you... Fiddy talks about the big one that always happens kind of at the end, and so I think that's how sometimes you do get those winners that you don't expect. You got the big dogs running up front, and then you get a big wreck, and everybody gets taken out because the previous few seasons, uh, you know, you did not have household names as far as guys that you expected to be real contenders because Ricky Stenhouse won it in 2023, Austin Sendrick won it in 2022, and Michael McDowell, oh, Michael McDowell, probably the most improbable of me. any of these guys. Uh, won the race in 2021. So that's happened the last few seasons. And then before that, you had kind of the usual suspects uh, outside of the, the the Austin Dillon. He's an okay driver, but, uh, you know, Denny Hamlin won a couple of those. And then you had the Kurt Bushes and some of the guys you more so uh, would expect to win this. Joey Logano, all that type of stuff, man. But that's why, because you get those wrecks at the end and you get some of those guys that are in the right. middle that end up coming up to the front. McAlpine Doug writes in on the text line at Daytona when bunched up, if the car in front of you is slower than you are, you can't lift or brake, you'll take out everyone behind you. They have to push, which is what we saw. Yeah. And then he also said a text that I like even better. Kyle Busch has that punchable smirk, which is a perfect <laughs> way to put that. And with that, we move on from our Daytona 500 analysis. I also have a Will Byron story to tell you on the other side of the break because I got to interview him like six years ago, and it's the youngest athlete 
phenom that I ever had to interview, and it was hilarious at the time. We can get to that. More Panthers conversation. What rookie, what sophomore coming into this year for the Carolina Panthers do we expect to have the biggest jump? That's still all to come here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Two things that we don't really talk about a lot leading off the show. NASCAR. And reality TV, you already know, today's show is going to be a banger on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you want to share your opinions on both, you can do so on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. Panther Bo says, never thought I'd say this, but how about that NASCAR race? You know, trying to get us off of the reality conversation, which maybe he just can't contribute to as much. We were asking for some of your favorite shows in that category. 704 writes in, Gold Rush and Deadliest Catch is my go-to. Never watched either one. I like Deadliest Catch. People like that. So my, believe it or not, stepsister, longtime salmon fisherman in Alaska. That's mm. a true story. That's a true story that I have. They were not fans of the cast of Deadliest Catch because they thought they were the bleep. Anytime they showed up, of course, that would be something you might understand and not be surprised about, but not fans of the Deadliest Catch. Bagel Guy writes in, my girlfriend got me into Real Housewives of Potomac. LOL, I hate to admit it. There are, ple- there are plenty of people writing it about Real Housewives. Tony Stallings saying Real Housewives of New Jersey, the women are animals. Yeah, Husbands are hilarious. I that back in the day, and then I, I, I stopped with that one. I, I, that seems to be the one where you just can't quite get the men slash boy significant other on the other side. Yeah. Like, you can get them on VPR. You can get them on Love is Blind. I think most of the time it stops at Real Housewives. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch, uh, I used to look at Atlanta and I used to look at New Jersey, like when they f- kind of first yep. started. And then after that, I kind of fell off after a couple of seasons. We were asking about the old MTV shows as well. AJ brought up the one I was trying to remember, Parental Control. Yes, that was great. What his parents had to choose uh, the mate for the kid. I found myself the other day uh, looking at Ice Road Truckers. Oh, I forgot about I haven't seen that one in a long time, but I forgot about that. Yeah, one. Ice Road Truckers was pretty good. I mean, people's lives are interesting, seeing what people do and the quirky stuff that yep. they're into and all that, man. So that's how you get caught up. That's the thing, man. You can't look at any reality show for more than, I would say, a segment. Like, if you watch it and you see it for, like, 
three, four minutes, you need to turn. Because if you keep it on there, you're going down the rabbit hole whether yep. you like it or not. That's right. I mean, some, at first it's like, oh, why are we watching this? Why are we watching it? And then you're on five minutes. Well, wait, that doesn't make, why is she saying that? Or, or you know what the test is when your girl or whoever you're in there hanging out with, they turn the channel. And you're yeah. like, wait, wait, what are you <laughs> yeah, doing? Well, hold on. Turn back. Well, I just want to see what they were going to say. <laughs> That's how I used to be with my mom when she would watch uh, Lifetime movies. You come in there, you're like, man, I don't want to watch this. Then you sit there for a little bit and then they turn the channel. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Go just, back. Well, hold on. That that seemed like it was going to get pretty dramatic. Yeah. Or you're see. like, we might as well finish it now, trying to cover it up. You're like, well, we started it. We might as well finish. Many people are writing in Room Raiders. Room oh, Raiders. Room Raiders. It always fire. got it always got bad when they brought out the black light. Yeah, Room Raiders was fire. No reason to bring out the black light. We just need to go ahead and move on from that. <laughs> Other people are writing in Real World. Colin came in, talked Real about World it a little bit more. Last thing for me, I love Big Brother even to this day, and I only got on it a few years ago. Big Brother, not anything like I expected. I thought we were going to get another real-world type show where I wasn't really interested just based off of the premise. But Big Brother, much more like a game. And you got to have some smarts in order to win that. you got to play a bunch of different variables. And so Big Brother, all with it. Shout out to Dan, the best Big Brother player of all time. Unfortunate showing in Traders, which is on Peacock right now. Also another interesting show. But yeah, man. I, I got way into the game the last couple of years. Well, you know, since you guys want to talk sports, I mean, hell, there's been some great sports uh, reality series uh, as well. I mean, you could go to many. Who could forget the and one tour back in the day? You got to watch that. Uh, you know, I mean, what else you got? Pros versus Joe. Pros versus Joe. Uh, I, I know this is completely out of your lane. Like, I know all of this. I don't even know how many of these shows you've ever heard of. Not many. I know that you're not going to give it one second of your day. And no. I understand that. And I I think it would be interesting to get Fiddy's evaluation of some of these shows. But I have to imagine, Pros versus Joes, that seems something that you would love, too. Because that's a great intersection of reality and sports. And we get to see these legends just take it to these guys that were probably church league MVPs themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Did that throw you for a loop at that end? Well, I mean, you just you, know, you insulted me before you wanted me to speak. Um, so thank you for that. I no church league MVP. I would have I have a T-shirt of intramural champion back in school. Was that CBI that. championship T-shirt? I, I need the CBI. I wasn't yeah. on the team. Yeah, look, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I did not grow up in a household that watched reality TV. I did. As either. I've gotten older, it does not interest me. But the one, and I, I got flagged for this yesterday. The one show that I, I guess, would qualify as a guilty pleasure show. I said that I like to watch the show Mom. And then Kyle was like, what do you mean? Like, you, you like you, you watch that show? No, I started was it, was that. It I you? started no, ripping you. Didn't, you didn't. Yeah, I started ripping it was, Okay, I heard Kyle very disdainly be like that. It was like a show you'd watch, Fitty. Well, no, I don't think you were getting ripped. I think Wes was just surprised because he, you like Mom, the yes, show. Yes, yes. I think we were just surprised to hear that you like Mom, the show. Why is that? Because it's a good sitcom. Oh, do you? See, you've done this twice now. I don't think you want us to talk about... Why you might not like mom? <laughs> oh no, I want I want to hear the reasons. Well, because you were one of these people that oh word, I thought you guys were manly men. You yeah. know, you want to watch mom that stars. I'm yeah. not one of those macho dudes. man. You macho man Randy Savage when it comes to certain topics. Oh, I'm and then sorry, other you ones want... you want to go back. Wait, wait, Alice and Janney? Are you serious? You watch <laughs> I the show like Alice and Janney? I do not like the Ugh. way you paint me out to be this just 
this devil of a creature. Like I, I don't, I don't make fun of y'all for watching shows with your girlfriends. I wish I had a girlfriend to watch these shows with. And once you do, I watch some of them by myself. So. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would now. I wouldn't have. Yeah. I would now. Now that I know the world, what it's like, I've seen the other side, Fiddy. I ain't going back. Yeah, I don't know, man. It feels like for me, I gotta have a woman there to stoop to that level of pathetic TV watching. No, you don't. No, you go. don't, Fiddy. Because first of all, I already Speaking know your affinity for women. So if you watch some of these shows and see some of the women on there, you would be locked in. So don't try that. Ain't nobody buying it. Uh, I see a couple of texters talking about American Gladiators. That does not qualify uh, as a reality show, in but my opinion. That's more of a game show. We did a fire or fizzle on yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's a game do. show. We did one before. Have we done it all? Yeah, we did because I did pros versus Joes, and um, I think I did the one with the the receiver trying to find the guy for the Dallas Cowboys. Some, or just, I did that. Some things are so good, you just might have to bring it back. Be honest. Or we could just do no. We could do one on regular reality that. show. Yeah, I'm that's that. Thursday's fire I'm fizzle's done. <laughs> reality Why show. Why am I so excited? Why? I am changing. As I get older, I change so much. How am I so immersed in this world? Because I am. I know way too many of these shows. I know way too many of the characters. And even if the names are a little dicey upon first recognition, like eventually I know about them. So was it the pandemic that broke you? No, it was getting a girlfriend that watches this. That's what it was. Like after I started dating, I was like, oh, okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll hop on Big Brother. I mean, I'm the stereotype. I am the guy that did not want to watch it. I had zero interest over the last three, four years. And then once I started watching it, yes, this is my life now. Sports, reality TV, every once in a while I'll mix in my old stuff. But like it used to be sitcoms, but she doesn't like sitcoms. So we don't really watch sitcoms anymore. Who doesn't like sitcoms? Laugh track gets annoying to her. So she doesn't like Friends, The Office, Mom, Everybody Loves Raymond. Laugh laugh track sitcoms, different than breaking the fourth wall sitcoms. She likes those. She likes the latter. Okay. But the laugh track is just way too annoying, and it's way too frequent for her to uh, say. Yeah, Virginia, last one I get so. in because we could we could go all day on that stuff. But <laughs> I see a five six two number from uh, Cali. Said uh, brought up Tila Tequila. I said, oh, that dang, is that's a one. throwback yeah. right there to the '90s, man. You don't, yeah, she, uh, she definitely that's a, is a different person now. I just say that much. Go look up any of her videos and stuff from a while back on YouTube. She's uh, a lot right. different. All right, well, this has been uh, a lot of the first half hour of. They've the been show. loving it though. They lighten up the text line with all these shows. It is. I understand how this might be considered maybe too much if you're a certain program director at this station listening or somebody else. And so we're we getting engagement. That's <laughs> yeah, all you can ask for. We're getting plenty of engagement, dude. Point to the text line. That's what we're doing. <laughs> hey, just before you start to criticize, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, the go to text, text line, line has been on fire all since right. we brought up Love Is Blind. If you want the engagement. Then then you can go there, write the text line, and you can see. We did tease, and people started writing in some of their answers, too, on the FanDuel text line about the sophomore, the rookie from last year, who we think will step up the most for the Carolina Panthers. Now, Brian said, Bryce is the obvious answer, and so really we should go to a different uh, name. I want to sit there just for a little bit. Is Bryce Young the obvious answer here, Wes? If we're looking at the rookie class, like should we just accept that for being number one and then move on and then really have a combo about Mingo and then Jamie Robinson and whoever else you want to talk to because Bryce is just so clearly ahead of all those guys in that category. Yeah, no, I I do think it's Bryce because we're the one that we saw the most flashes from. We might not have seen 
uh, a ton of them to make us feel like he's going to be a superstar. But we saw enough flashes from Bryce Young to know that, okay, this is a guy that we'd like to see more of what he can do once he gets uh, the proper insulation around him with talent. So that's why I think that he would be the obvious choice. And that's why when we went over the topic, we were like, what other rookie is the biggest uh, breakout candidate for him or for that person to be able to come into their own this season. But with Bryce Young, like I said, I think we've seen a decent amount to be like, all right, if he gets the right situation around him, he's got great potential. And so that's why I think that he could go uh, nowhere but up. I mean, obviously, 11 fumbles, 10 interceptions. You want to clean up the turnovers, but that's to be expected from a rookie quarterback. And coming into a second season, more season, more knowledge, and then with better talent around him, I think we do see a jump with Bryce Young, how big that will be. Obviously, that remains to be seen, but I think as far as him being the most obvious, and so that's why we were like, all right, let's exclude uh, Bryce Young. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that he's going to take a quantum leap, but I think that he's the best candidate because we saw enough uh, flashes of talent from him to be like, all right, let's see what it looks like with better things around him. It's not close. It's not close. It's correct to leave him out of this specific conversation if you want to have any any intrigue surrounding it because – you don't even have to like Bryce Young to not have him in this category. It's all about opportunity here. Bryce Young is going to be the starting quarterback next season. Bryce Young is going to get a lot of attempts at throwing the football, starting, playing all of the snaps at that position, and that's not going to be the case for some of these other guys. Jonathan Mingo, we want to have another number one wide receiver. Mingo could step up. I think that's probably the next guy that you would look to. But Jonathan Mingo, if you just want to say, no, wait, you know, maybe he could even step up more than Bryce Young. You're talking about not as much opportunity because Bryce Young, anytime there's a passing play, he's the guy throwing the football. And Mingo, you're expecting what? At best, a, I don't even know what kind of percent target share. Like at best, 20 if he has a breakout season. One out of every five passes going his way. And that's at the crazy leap Pro Bowl type level he might take, which we don't expect that kind of level. So then you go to Chandler Savala. Let's just put it this way. If you're starting Chandler Zavala next season, you are worse off than you were last year. You can't do that again in the second season. DJ Johnson, what kind of opportunity do we expect him to get? Maybe if Brian Burns moves on, that's fine. But DJ Johnson can even be a guy that you were comfortable with setting the edge on the other side. And even if so, the dude is older. Like He and Brian Burns are the same age, very similar. <laughs> and last year was his rookie season. Jamie Robinson was a special teams guy. Look, it's not to say that none of those guys can take a step up. They they all might. The bar is low enough to be quite fair that they could all take that next jump. But Bryce Young still has the most opportunity to take a big old leap. Wes, I do want to get to your audio, though, that you sent to the group. Yes. Because there is somebody that doesn't think it's so easy <laughs> to just tell everybody, yeah, Bryce Young is going to be the guy that takes this big old jump and the biggest jump compared to every other rookie on this roster. Wes sent us some Craig Carton audio, and me and Fiddy got to listen to it, and Carton just destroys Bryce Young. You can hear it for yourself. Here's Craig Carton talking about Bryce Young and how he's not an NFL QB. 
Bryce Young is not an NFL quarterback. Great. And I'm not saying he's not a good kid or a great athlete. Clearly he is. But Bryce Young at five foot two cannot be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I don't care what Coach Canales has done in his past, and I respect his resume. But this is why I said back in April of a year ago that C.J. Stroud was the obvious number one pick. And if you took Bryce Young, you were making a mistake. And you could check the tapes. I said it. Because as great as he was in college, as smart as he is, as athletic as he is, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's almost like, he's, to me, he's like Dave Meggett. He's like a third down specialty back or maybe, maybe a slot receiver on third and two. <laughs> I can't even take that seriously. You, you cannot like Bryce Young as a quarterback. But this is where Carton's take artistry comes into, the, into play. There's a reason that he is one of the top hosts with the most ratings that you could possibly get. Well, I'm not saying that he's amazing. I know Fiddy is sighing. We can get to Fiddy in just a moment. I'm not telling you that I enjoy that type of radio. What I'm telling you is that at the peak of sports radio take he is at the top. And this seems to be one of those examples. Dog, Bryce Young, a slot receiver? He would be terrible. Yeah, he's he's definitely wilding out with a, that. A, a third down scat back? You are looking at Bryce Young's body type, and you are evaluating based off of looking at a picture. You ain't even seen film to tell me that, because if you watch film, you would know he's not explosive enough to play either of those positions. So I just laugh. I find the comedic value in all of this more so than I take this seriously. Like, Wes, I can't even go to the foul line. Because I have to take something seriously enough to go to the foul line, and this just makes me laugh. Yeah, and he continued to go on after that, and they argued and debated about it, but he continued to go on with the take and standing 10 toes on, and he said he's never been more right uh, about anything in his <laughs> career. And it's like, wow, you know. It's such a great uh, line. It's amazing just, the, just how low he went in that take to insult him to the point of uh, making some of those comments. And so – you you get frustrated by it for two seconds, but then you realize as well, you're like, man, well, that's just his opinion, and it just sounds stupid the way in which he delivered it. I mean, he didn't even deliver it in a way that's palpable. It's like once you hear it, it's like I'm automatically going to dismiss Bye. some nonsense like that when you say that. You know what I'm which saying? Which is the game in this industry. Some people will do that, right? And they will be wildly successful. It does not mean I have to respect the take or listen to you on any kind of frequent basis, but I will laugh at it and we will play it on this show because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the wildest takes that I've heard, to be frank. Like, I haven't really heard. Back. Yeah, even some of the, you know, biggest guys that people feel like just like to bloviate and say things, uh, you know, out of their keister. But this guy, you know, I've never heard it delivered in such a manner, but that's how his show is. And I mean, I've checked out this show and I watch it uh, mornings before Undisputed comes on. I'll look at it for a little bit. And, you know, that's just kind of how he gives it up. But uh, I think he definitely is is incorrect in this instance. Now, if he feels like Bryce Young isn't going to turn into the quarterback that people think that he could, that's fair. But the way in which he said it, you know, the play on everything, the five foot two, all that stuff, you know, I, I thought that was a bit <laughs> much as well. It was, it was uh, but it was entertaining, if anything. That's right. And if you and that's why we're playing. That's it. why you if you want to tune in for that, then cool. But I just you can't expect me to take that seriously. Like he called Bryce Young Danny Woodhead. Yeah. He called and Bryce Dave Mega. Kevin Falk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He called him a third down back. He thinks he should be playing for the Patriots as Shane Vereen. 
He did. Give, <laughs> give me your favorite third down backs in NFL history. What did Craig Carton call Bryce Young? Your favorite third down running back in NFL history. 704. And then he kept trying to uh, go back and try to cover it up. And he's like, well, no disrespect to the kid. It's like, uh, come on. Now, all that was was blatant disrespect. No, I meant that in a good way. Yeah. I think he can be a good third down <laughs> running back. I think he can be a good slot receiver. What is your favorite that type archetype player? 704-570-9610. We can read some of those responses on the other side of the break. And we continue to talk about the Carolina Panthers as well. The skill positions. Can they find some skill positions that are dynamic enough to make big differences in the passing game? It's all up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, folks, to the Wesson Walker Show on a Tuesday. FanDuel text line 704-570-9610 is bumping. Walker, what you got over there? Well, I mean, this is so sports radio, but I love talking about old scat backs right now. Third down running backs. That's what Craig Carton called Bryce Young. A third down running back or a slot receiver. Basically, Butters is saying that Craig Carton called Bryce Young Fozzie Whitaker, which is a great name. Fozzie, a great dude, too, yeah, by Fozzie the way. Yeah, Fozzie Whitaker. I remember him. Love Fozzie. Fozzie's a great dude. Darren Sproles is the GOAT third down running back, right? Yeah, he's got to be up there for I sure. Mean, I mean, you can go Christian McCaffrey, but I'm talking about where that was their role. And they mm-hmm. would probably have seven touches unless you're in a two-minute drill and they were in for a pat. Like, we know what a third down running back is. Darren Sproles is that guy. What's funny, McAlpine Doug writes in Mike Tolbert, he's the biggest third down running back. Like, cause he was involved in yeah. the passing game and he was, he was huge, man. Uh, Mike from Mooresville. I called him a sicko because he said Craig Carton called Bryce Young, Moweldy Moore. Like if you bring that up, that was big time throwback right there. Man. If, if you bring up Moweldy Moore, then you are a true NFL sicko. And I love you for it. <laughs> That's amazing. Some of the names that I came up with Lance Dunbar. That was a shout for Fitty. Dunbar was awesome in the passing game. And Theo Riddick probably post Darren Sproles, like had a career for a long time with Detroit just because he could catch passes out of the backfield. And so that's what Carton is telling you that Bryce Young can become. Wolfcack saying Mike Allstott from Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, he was not a, he was a third down back, but he was the bruiser and he was a, you know, as the fantasy kids would call him a touchdown vulture. That's right. He was the touchdown. He was more of a Matt Asiata. Yeah. Your touchdown vulture. Yeah. All right. Now I'm getting, if I'm talking about niche running backs, 
then I've gone too far in West. I need you to I please know, help man, me. Especially as much as you don't like them, I want to pay them. So that's that's interesting. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to take your money, but I also want to give you love at the same All time. All right. So we were also talking about before we went into uh, the break about the rookies that could break out. And so if we took Bryce Young out of the equation, which rookie do we feel like could surprise uh, and take the biggest leap in year two? And there, there are a lot of uh, great candidates for this as far as, you know, the Panthers and their draft selections that they made last season. There's a few to, to pick from, and there are some guys that did contribute as far as playing time. And, yeah, D.J. Johnson, they, they got snaps. Mingo played a fair mountain. Chandler Zavala. And so for a guy that I think that could take the biggest leap uh, next season outside of Bryce Young, I think that, you know, the obvious next guy would be Jonathan Mingo. But then you have to go, you know, and back that up. And so when you go check out uh, fantasyfootballers.com and looking at wide receiver at one and two finishes by age, and so you look at Jonathan Mingo, obviously still a young guy in this game, and you see the age there at 22 years old. And so it does show that guys – at 21 and 22, the number of wide receiver one caliber seasons was significantly lower. But then when you get to 23, 24, 25, now obviously they're not going to wait on him until he turns 25. But when you get to 23, since year since the year 2000 to 2020, you have about 22 to 23 seasons of guys at that age that turn in uh, number one wide receiver caliber seasons. I'm not saying that I think that Mingo is going to do that. But uh, the data would show that this is going to be a big year for him uh, to be able to step up and show what he can do. I think that with a full offseason, obviously everything's going to be new to everybody with Canales coming in. It's going to be a new part uh, to this offense. We know from DK Metcalf and other receivers uh, that Canales has worked with the wide receiver is also a specialty of his as far as development. So I would look at Mingo. I know he could be the obvious choice because he was the second-round pick, but I think some of the data shows you and then with Canales coming in and his specialty being at that position that he could be a guy poised to be much more productive than he was during his rookie season. Wes, I don't even know how you make the case for anybody else. Not realistically, I can't do that for DJ Johnson. You have to absolutely love his tape at Oregon and think Carolina held him back to say DJ Johnson is next up on this list. You have to completely forget about what you saw from Chandler Savala on top of the injury. Scary one. Glad he's okay. But the fact of the matter is he wasn't good when he was out there on the field. So you have to completely disregard what he showed you last year in order for him to for you to say he's the guy that can take this step. Jamie Robinson is the only one that I could maybe make a case for. But the only reason is because we didn't see a lot of him. So it's not like you have a lot of bad film, not a lot, to point to and say, oh, he can't play safety. It has to be Mingo. Talent, some production, 43 receptions, 418 yards. It's not the worst. I would have asked for more. Like if we went into his rookie season, Wes, and I told you Mingo was going to finish with 43 receptions, 418 yards and zero receiving touchdowns. You would have asked for more out of him in his rookie year, right? Yes. I would have too. But also, it's not the worst in the world. Like, there's still something enough there where you can work with. And I think the biggest thing he showed was that when he does have the football in his hands, he can make people miss. He's still a physical dude. It's just the route running, maybe even decision-making, not the right reads. But it has to be Mingo. I can't make a case for anybody else. Well, for the sake of argument, I know you'll probably be shocked when I say this. I know the grades were putrid. Oh, no. Putrid. You're going to go with you. No, hold okay. on. All right, I'm All sorry. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, so, be, I'll get back. In the case of Chandler Savala, right, 
not by any stretch what I say. This guy's going to be a pro bowler. This guy's going to be this or that. But I do feel like that, and, and for context for people, you talk about hitting rock bottom in life and nowhere to go but up. Talon Zavala hit rock bottom his rookie year. 26.2 overall grade, 7.1 pass blocking grade. I mean, that's basically your turnstile. That's Walker Mel. You could get out there and line up over him and beat him off the block with that kind of grade. I mean, obviously, I'm being facetious here, but that hurt a little bit, but okay. With, mm. you know, a whole year in the weight room because, like I said, he tore that pec, if I'm not mistaken. That's what he did uh, during the offseason. He tore a bicep or something like that. But with a, a full offseason to lift, to get stronger, maybe shed 10, 12 pounds, somewhere in there, and some some technique work for him, he can become serviceable. I'm not saying he could become, you know, my favorite guys to go to when you talk about guards. He's not going to be uh, Nate Newton or Larry Allen or any of these type of guys. But I think that he could become serviceable with the full offseason. Now, like I said, this is certainly a projection because do I expect this to happen? No. But when you talk about cases to be made with an offseason in the weight room for him to get a little bit stronger, maybe shed a few pounds, get a little quicker, and then some serious, serious technique work uh, with the offensive line coach, this is a guy that could become serviceable and be a depth piece that when you put him in the game, you don't have to clinch your keister together because you're so worried about what's going to happen when the ball is snapped. Cam Newton called it butt tight. Yeah. You can go a uh, keister clincher. Keister clincher. Yeah, or, you don't want to be butt tight. Woo! Either when one. You snap that ball and you just worried to God that your quarterback can make it through that rep. I think he could become serviceable. Even lemon booty. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. I'm experiencing all of it when Chandler Zavala is out there. And I think most Panthers fans will too. Okay, we'll see. I hope so. The problem is you also have to be good enough to beat some of these other guards that you have on the roster. Because remember, it's not like Chandler Zavala came in and won that job yeah. over the initial starters. Got it by default. Got it by default. And then lost it. Got injured. Neck injury. Real scary one. Comes back. And then has a knee injury that he suffers. And so he has season-ending surgery and didn't play again after that knee injury and causing him not to return. Austin Corbett also injury prone from what we saw this last couple of years. And maybe that's too harsh of a tag, but suffered a couple of them that kept him out. And same thing with Brady Christensen. He has to beat those guys and then be decent enough to hold on to that job. And I think those are too many hurdles for him. And so we'll see what happens. But to me, it's Bryce Young. Clearly, we leave him out. Then it's Jonathan Mingo. And then we'll see what happens afterwards. And so when you look at this class. There are six picks here. They had five picks last year, man. And normally in a traditional class, you're going to get seven picks, one through seven. And then you got compensatory and all that stuff. So you could end up having more or less than others. But this is another small draft class for the Panthers. And that's the thing that's going to be interesting. And so I ask you because I'll, I'll start the conversation and then you can go, man, how much more of a premium is this draft class being that it looks like you could have potentially missed on four guys out of this last class. We'll see what happens next season. But now you only have another small class to come in. This could be one of, well, it is one of, but it could be the most important draft class in Panthers history or in recent memory. Do you agree with that sentiment? And did last year's potential misses place more of a premium on this year's class? I think we say it every year because of how important it is. And the more you miss out on it, the more pressure it puts you puts on you to hit on the next draft class. Yeah, last year was terrible so far. 
Hopefully these guys can bounce back. The year prior, what much better? There's a reason Scott Fitterer isn't here anymore. There's a reason Marty Herney got fired the second time. There's a reason Matt Rule, who had control, got fired as well. It's because they haven't been hitting on draft picks and personnel decisions. And so you're right, Wes. Every single draft that goes by now, you have to make up for the lack of hits that you had in the previous All one. All right, well, when we come back, we go to the campus, Kona, on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.